Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. rankings big teams on the bye dallas cowboys denver broncos new york giants pittsburgh steelers san francisco 49ers and yes even the cleveland browns that makes it even more difficult for hayden winks to rank every single player we go through his running back wide receiver and quarterback tiers if you want the full list you can check it out in the description down below the link is right there no one i promise you no one has more charts 51 this week, 51 charts. And, and and I usually add some as the season, as the week goes on. Are you 51. telling me that there's like a word count underneath format? Is there a, uh, a, chart, a count. chart count as well? Uh, there is not a chart count. I had to uh, post, uh, I had to count on myself this week. Uh, but it. I got some fun, fun new ones. We have like, so what we need an intern stuff. for is, is yeah. just be the chart counter every single week. Let That's us know right. in the comments if you want to be that person. No, nobody does. <laughs> All right, here we go. We'll kick it off with the running back position. As always, oh, what a week. What a week. Here we go. It is Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara are the top three. Number four, a very intriguing name to me. Aaron Jones, a man who just has four carries inside of the 10-yard line so far this season. Granted, A.J. Dillon just has three. They're just not getting inside the 10-yard opportunities as a team this season. But I'm not saying we've been an anti-Aaron Jones podcast so far this year. I think we've just kind of put it in perspective. Mm -hmm. It's it's tough for him to thrive right now. But against the Detroit Lions, you're expecting massive things. So first off, the team total for the Packers is like borderline top five. We'll see what happens at the end of the week. But we know that they're going to score a bunch of points. We know that the Lions have been bottom three in every single metric you can possibly come up with. And last week, Aaron Jones was running around on 67% of dropbacks. He had 14.1 expected half PPR points. They've kind of been transitioning away from A.J. Dillon a little yep. bit. And I think rightfully so. A.J. Dillon has not been playing that well and a lot of aj dillon's inside the five yard line opportunities came in the beginning of the year like for week ones week two since then it's been more aaron jones and like you said they haven't been getting to the goal line because they haven't been a good football team but i do wonder if aaron Rodgers is build a little bit more chemistry as the season goes on with some of these new wideouts he already said that he feels like the offense is going to start clicking and I, I think it will compare to like what they've been putting out this year um so i think aaron jones is rock solid he's been the RB 13 over the last month in usage. Um, but this is a week just kind of betting on a couple touchdowns here. The risk team over underdog fantasies pick him lobby has him at 64 and a half rushing yards as his higher or lower. Just compare that to the last few weeks, 143 against the bills, 23 against the Washington commanders, and then just 19 against the New York jets. Um, just looking at DVOA. Cause you know, I like to do that. Yep. Uh, this team in the Detroit Lions, their defense, they have the worst, pass defense and they have the third worst run defense so there's always one team that's been struggling all season long that puts out a performance of okay have they got it back on track typically that's against these lions <laughs> you know look at um, this 
Look at this. <laughs> right. I know it's really bad. Every position. So, so I understand all of you with a pessimistic outlook with your Packers on your roster, but this is the week to do it. Again, I use this line every single time, but if you drafted Aaron Jones, this is the week to play him. If you drafted Aaron Rodgers, this is the week to play him. You know, there's not going to be a better matchup until they play the Lions again. It's Alan is our time. All right, we'll get to the wide receivers in a little bit. Josh Jacobs as your running back five. Kenneth Walker, six. Travis Etienne at seven. Uh, Miles Sanders, eight. Dalvin Cook, nine. Joe Mixon at 10. That rounds at the top 10. Any other names you want to hit on there before we move on to the next tier? Yes, Miles Sanders is the one that I find the most interesting. Uh, right now, they are playing the Texans tonight. It's their 32nd against fantasy running backs. The team total is beyond elite. But at the same time, he has had some off-on splits uh, with Boston Scott. He's averaged 9.7 expected half PPR points with Scott. And then in the two games without him, those at 22.8 and 15.1. And you can see at the end of the game, Boston Scott's the one that puts these games on ice. So you're kind of really banking on some first half production from him. And I think uh, we offer second half uh, pick and projections. Look for some Boston Scott in the second half because that's when they start using him. So that's a little, little pro tip for the folks out there. And I'm glad you brought up the Philadelphia Eagles because on Friday morning on this very channel, we have a new episode of Scheme coming out with myself and Josh McCown, just two best buddies whose names happen to be Josh. Uh, Miles Sanders is very featured. The rest of the offense is very featured. I can't wait for you to see it. Josh played in this offense a few years ago-ish with the Eagles. Uh, check it out on Friday morning here on the channel. I think we should, whoever has the worst week should have to get into that small box you know, like <laughs> you've been banished to the small box. It's it's our version of, of yeah. shoved in a locker. Okay, here yeah. we go. Ramondre Stevenson as running back 11. Damien Pierce off of a rough week last week. Uh, gets He got a touchdown at the end. It was so fluky yeah. with 17 seconds left. Another and probably the most difficult matchup this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Then Leonard Fournette and Jamal Williams. Talk about like these two because while... We just outlined the the Packers up against the Lions defense. A very easy run defense is actually the Packers. They are second worst in run defense DVOA. We've seen all the news lately and the the rumors of DeAndre Swift, if it's a full-time player or not. So talk to me about Jay Will. Yeah, so Jamal Williams, uh, first of all, the best dance moves on the planet. Uh, this is assuming that DeAndre Swift is either going to be limited or not playing at all. Their 30th in rushing EPA per loud 20th against fantasy running backs and their teams choose uh, playing the Packers are choosing to run the ball at the third highest rate. So this is a very pro Jamal Williams. They said that Deandre Swift is just not very healthy for, for Leonard Fournette. Um, I think as the weeks go on, I think we're going to get tighter and tighter splits between Rashad white and Leonard Fournette. Um, and there's like always like a chance that this just completely uh, switches. I'm guessing it's going to be a post by rookie bump thing, but they did play on Thursday night. There is time to make some adjustments here. So uh, this, I think like the top 10, uh, including like, I'll go top 11 with Ramondre Stevenson because Damian Harris has not been practicing this week due to illness. And he was already not playing as much as he previously was. And we talked about how Ramondre, how great he looks. I think there's a little bit of a, a drop off after like Ramondre to the next year. Just quickly on Jamal Williams and really just the Lions rushing game in general, 13.2% of the red zone plays against the Green Bay Packers this year have resulted in a touchdown. That's the second worst rate in the league. And Jamal Williams, his resume, his masters is in scoring touchdowns inside the 10 yard line. That's all he does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a beast. Raheem Mostert is up next after this grouping. Um, since our stats versus film show and breaking down the trade deadline, 
in my head, I've been talking myself into Jeff Wilson having a pretty huge role on this offense fairly immediately. You know, this isn't some random running back coming in that has no foundation in a Mike McDaniel running scheme. Sure, it's a different offense uh, in terms of a team, but I think Jeff Wilson, as we've seen every single week, Hayden, has some talent. He's far more explosive and better than what we've seen from Chase Edmonds so far this year. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes back to a 50-50 split between him and Mostert. Yeah, I think Raheem Mostert is maxed out at the most 60% snaps, um, especially if they're trying to, they're all in this year. I think they want to keep him healthy. And I think that Jeff Wilson is going to be able to play more snaps than the typical running back that gets added just because he's familiar with this scheme in general. Uh, at the same time, Raheem Mostert has played pretty well. Now, I think there is some downside risk, and I think that is a reason to call him a sell high. We've seen some great box scores from him over the last month and the schedule of the, over the next couple weeks, including this week is very favorable. So if you can uh, trade Raheem Mostert and another like wide receiver to move up a tier, I would be recommending that. But I think for this week, uh, just how many points they're scoring right now. I think that Raheem Mostert still belongs in RB two. Jonathan Taylor, Deontay Foreman are the next two. Then James Conner, Cordero Patterson and Michael Carter. Talk to me about CPAT. It's a team that loves to run the football. It sounds like he's returning to the field this weekend. Yeah, so CPAT was somebody that was absolutely dunking on my model. Uh, he says he's 90%. He has a couple more days to get closer to 100%, but he's eligible to play this week. We'll see. He's not going to be on injury reports because I think he's still um, on uh, IR. Right. Um, so we're just going to have to wait for Schefterbaum. So I'm assuming he's going to play. I'm assuming Tyler Algier is going to play some of the third down snaps. Is kind of how he's been utilized. And CPAT before his injury was the early down guy, getting some schemed up stuff. This offense is sick, though. You know, like we've seen some good things from the Falcons offense, not for like uh, Kyle Pitts and Drake London, but like as a team structurally, yep. I'm pretty optimistic that CPAT's probably going to continue dunking on my models because he's good. And this, this Falcons run game is pretty interesting. Michael Carter rounds out the top 20. So let's jump down to 21 through 30. Cause it gets messy. David Montgomery with Khalil Herbert being as like the running back 26 in the same tier. Uh, Devin Singletary is here at running back 22 with Naeem Hines, around running back 39 um Devin Singletary in games where the bills have been let's say negative or neutral game scripts he's playing 76 percent of the snaps I say it mm -hmm. every single week I bet that changes now you know they don't go out and try to upgrade the position to then keep the same usage for Devin Singletary you know what I mean you completely agree. And Devin Singletary hasn't been that efficient this year. He's been a volume based back. So I would also call him uh, somebody to sell high on if you can. I think it's pretty obvious. Naeem Hines going to be the passing down back eventually. Now, will that happen in this first week? Probably not to the full extent. I'm guessing Devin Singletary is going to play more than 50% of the snaps. That's why I've kept him on this like RB2-3 borderline. The Bills are projected to win by a bunch of points. I think that Devin Singletary will be the player to close out games the best odds of scoring a goal line touchdown by yeah. the early in games and especially like in the NFL playoffs and stuff. I think you're gonna see a lot of Naeem Hines because he's uh, more explosive, just a better fit in this offense. I do want to go back to David Montgomery. If you okay. will allow it um, last week, he played 70% of the snaps, you know, it went back to the two for one rotation with Khalil Herbert and like, it's just the way that it is. So I, I've seen a lot of people get really down on David Montgomery and there is downside risk certainly as the bears, move away um, from like trying to compete this season uh, that Khalil Herbert is somebody that they could get utilized more, but they also could have traded David Montgomery if they wanted to yeah. see more Khalil Herbert. And I think that they just think highly of David Montgomery. So 
Season high, 12.6 expected half PPR points. It's not time for the flipping yet. I do still like Khalil Herbert on the bench. Uh, if you can, I think Dave, David Montgomery has been probably written off too quickly, at least I for agree. this week. I can see in a couple of weeks, yes, we can have a flipping. But I think this week, it was back to the two-for-one drive rotation last week. I know we need to move on to other positions, but there's still some messy situations to dice through here. Like the Baltimore Ravens, for example. Like... Two Total weeks mess. ago, it was Kenyon Drake against the New York Giants, and it was awesome. Then Gus Edwards comes back, and he was great. Then last week, Kenyon Drake is the one that scores a touchdown, and Gus Edwards like barely plays in the first quarter. It feels like you have Kenyon Drake there as running back 24, and then Gus Edwards all the way down as running back 40. It's just like throw your hands in the air and say you don't know. Yes, especially right now. We don't know who's practicing. Right. Know? Like that's just – at the beginning of the game, Kenyon Drake – was in there. Gus Edwards going to be early down back then to close out the game after Gus Edwards got hurt. It was Kenyon Drake. So if, if like Gus Edwards doesn't play, then I think this is where I would have Kenyon Drake. If Gus Edwards gets in there, we'll have to make adjustments. Okay. Did also want to bring up the Kansas city chiefs because you know, they're expected to score a boatload of points this weekend against the Tennessee Titans as 12 and a half point favorites. Typically when we see 12 and a half point favorites, uh, we love the running back situation. I do want to bring up, that the Titans right now are the number one team in run defense DVOA, which just means a whole bunch of things in terms of game script and efficiency and everything thrown in, that they're the best run defense in the league. That's the simplest terms there. Um, it's already a three-split backfield between CEH, Isaiah Pacheco, and Jarek McKinnon. So it's like the formula tells us to play them, but then the matchup and just how good this team is with you know David Long and Simmons and Autry and all these players, it tells you not to. So what do you do? Your team's effed if you're starting well, any of them. It's there are it's, six teams on by. I know. So, so some teams, some people will be using uh, using them, but uh, the fantasy usage model does not like any of them. They're all basically averaging like four or five fan, uh, expected half PPR points according to my model. Since we've kind of seen this rotation, the, the starter label doesn't matter. They're all going to play. We've got confirmation from the coaching staff, and like you said, the Titans have allowed the second fewest fantasy points to running backs and teams facing. Uh, the Titans are choosing to pass at the third highest rate in the league. So this is why I'm going to be ranking Juju Smith-Schuster pretty high. Yep. Okay, last one. Uh, let's get to the Los Angeles Rams backfield. Uh, it came out that they, they said that um, it was reported that they turned down deals for uh, K-Makers, and then Mike Flurry reports this morning that no, they didn't. In fact, they were trying to just give them away, and they couldn't. Yeah. So anyways... Uh, Daryl Henderson has not been trusted and we get Kyron Williams back. It's funny. I didn't even know what Kyron Williams looked like when I tried to upload these headshots. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't have recognized you. Mm -hmm. But while Kyron Williams has a lot of belief from, it sounds like the coaching staff and the front office, he's not an explosive player. He's a no. limited player who shines in pass pro, if anything. So he's the type of player to me, Hayden, and why you have him as, I don't know, running back 34. It's because it's touchdown or bust almost for him. Look at where the Rams are this week. I know. They're in, in the terrible, terrible section, territory. Right next to the Commanders and the Titans this week. It's just not a good situation. And we don't we have no idea if Cam Akers is going to suit up. It's 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 you're after if you're playing these guys. Okay. Let me bring up one more thing. Because since this is early and you can all check into our Friday show as well. Let's say Jonathan Taylor doesn't play and he's still dealing with his ankle injury. Where might you float? Dion Jackson would he just like immediately jump right into where because I think there's yeah. a huge misconception that where Dion Jackson filled in previously for 
Uh, Jonathan Taylor, that was with Matt Ryan, and they were just throwing the football all out. And so it was tons of yep. checkdowns, and you got tons of opportunity. That won't be the same thing with Sam Ellinger. Yeah, so that was my my big point here. I don't think it's a copy-paste the previous stat lines. Um, somewhere around Michael Carter, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, I think I would probably put him ahead of Antonio Gibson. Um, probably right after David David Montgomery. RB22, somewhere right in that range um, if if Deion Jackson is a starter. Because I just don't think Sam Ellinger is going to throw as many passes. They're running uh, probably fewer plays, all that type of stuff. Okay, one more. DeAndre Swift. Um, I don't miss it, it out. Okay. Yeah, we can update it. We can update on Sunday morning if oh. you all want to. How about that? Tune into our Sunday show if DeAndre Swift is active. Wide receiver time. Here we go. Tyreek Hill, who has 92 freaking targets already this season at number one. Then Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson. Man, DeAndre Hopkins all the way up already to wide receiver four. Then Cooper Cup. Then Devontae Adams. Um, do you think it was just illness? Last week for Devontae Adams, they also get the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. They are one and a half point favorites still on the road. I know he's hasn't eclipsed the top end status so far this season in comparison to some of the wide receivers he was drafted around. But last week would leave a sour taste in people's mouths. Yeah, what are you going to do? With so many teams on by. He's still an RB or wide receiver one. I don't know if it's sickness. There was a lot of uh, just kind of go balls on the sideline where he was just catching him right out of bounds. Um, it was just a weird game. I don't, I don't know, know what it is, but. Offenses, especially wide receivers in general, are not consistent. Even the elite ones, usually, like we have the Cooper Cup seasons from here and here and there. But like Steph Diggs can have a bad game, DeAndre Hopkins can have a bad game. It's just the way of the position. Uh, going back to the Tyreek Hill thing, and this doesn't matter, but he has zero catches inside the red zone this year. It's he actually crazy. has negative yards because he had one carry that went for negative one yards. He's doing all this. He hasn't even got a red zone opportunity yet. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, AJ Brown up next. Then Chris Godwin, who on the Stats versus Film show this week, you said that hey. Just send an offer. Go out and get them. Uh, the Rams play, this is from Lord Reeves. Rams play the most zone coverage in the NFL at 86.4% of passing plays. And uh, Chris Godwin shines in that area. So I like how you have him ranked ahead of Mike Evans. And then to close this tier, it's Amon Ross St. Brown. Chris Godwin's the wide receiver four in expected half PPR points over the last month. Love that. Next tier, T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave. And we automatically go back to trusting DJ Moore. How can you not after the type of player PJ Walker has turned into after that first start of the season? DK Metcalf. And the name I wanted to bring up, and you already did earlier on, is uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Because he's kind of had spiked weeks in funky ways in terms of broken tackles. And, you know, he's still thriving more in zone versus man, so on and so forth. Um, this is a firm... You're 100% starting him because, as we outlined, it's a if, if anything is possible to be a pass funnel that the Titans force you to do. Yeah, huge pass funnel, and it's led to the Titans giving up. Uh, they're 27th against fantasy wide receivers. Uh, this year, um, Juju Smith-Schuster, 11.2 half PPR points on 9.5 expected half PPR points. Those are wide receiver three-ish numbers. Over the last month of the season, it's gone trended upwards just a tad. He's the wide receiver 21 in usage over the last month. So he's... He's rock solid. He's not going to absolutely go crazy, I don't think. But I think of all these wide receiver twos, he's like the biggest like label for this week. Is like, who was a wide receiver two? I think Juju is. Gabriel Davis against the Jets. Then Tyler Boyd against the Carolina Panthers. And then Joshua Palmer sitting there as a wide receiver 19. <sighs> you tell me. I mean, I'm a little nervous, man. 
<laughs> You're talking to, to the biggest advocate of Josh Palmer this summer. This is the opportunity when it sounds like even what coming out of the bye, Keen Allen has a setback. Mike Williams obviously isn't playing. Um, I'm nervous that I'm nervous. He just doesn't have like the pure individual talent to get there. And I understand that AJ Terrell, since they're playing the Falcons this week has not played well this season, it hurt. but, and he's hurt. Um, if he comes back this week, I could see AJ Terrell again, despite a down year being able to lock up someone like Joshua Palmer. You know what I mean? Yes. So here's, here's my question to you. And I, I'm nervous about this ranking as well, but you have to make the math work. And right now the chargers no. are projected for 26 and a quarter points, 26 and a quarter points is Austin Eckler breaking league records or <laughs> is Gerald Everett going to the moon or is Deandre Carter, your sleeper, which one of those? Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. I just feel like we've had this opportunity for Josh Palmer all year long. I know it's even more different this week, and they're also facing the Falcons. And like you're saying, this is one of the highest projected totals they've had all year. Just haven't seen that step I wanted to see. And that's more of just an eye test aesthetic thing more than anything. Yeah, the Falcons dead last against fantasy wide receivers. It's just like, and teams playing the Falcons are choosing to pass. It's a, this is the spot. And we, wide receivers are streaky. Wide receivers are streaky. He's not some elite talent, but you get Justin Herbert throwing the ball. I think that he's somebody I, I would rather start than bench. I, I I guess my biggest concern, like it could be a DeAndre Carter week, you know, he's exposed to have a slot. My biggest concern is having him over like Tyler Lockett, Devontae Smith, even Terry McLaurin, you know, because those are actually legitimately good football players. Yeah. It's just like one of those things where it's like, all right, uh, there's less target competition and no. it's projected to score more points. It's just like they, we're in the right tier, I think. Yeah. Just name those. Then to wide receiver 24, it's Alan Lazard, Michael Pittman, Jacoby Myers. I think there's a cliff after Jacoby Myers of the round, like wide receiver 26. I am interested to see how like TJ Hawkinson fits into the Adam Thielen and short to intermediate targets as well. And then after him, it's uh, Devin Duvernay, Rondell Moore, and Garrett Wilson. Anyone in this tier you want to bring up? Yeah, Devin Duvernay has just been kind of, he's boom bust wide receiver three. Um, I'm expecting Rashad Bateman to miss like three, three, four weeks of the season. So I think that Devin Duvernay is somebody you should be picking up and thinking about starting here. Like I have like DeAndre Carter, like in this kind of next tier next to like Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Curtis Samuel, Drake London. So right. I, I agree that there's probably a, a little bit of a cliff after somebody like Jacoby Myers, Michael Pittman. And again, I, I know that there are six teams on by. I mentioned this in stats versus film with a aggressive ranking of Rondo Moore's wide receiver 29. I do want to bring up that the Seattle Seahawks over the last three weeks have been one of the best defenses in the NFL in comparison to, you know, the first five weeks of the season. Um, and what we got last week from Rondell Moore was basically the same version that we saw, although a full-time player during his rookie year, because his a dot was so low and he just took yeah. a couple, you know, short hook patterns in zone mm -hmm. sitting there in the empty spaces and had some awesome yards of, yards after catch and awful tackling. So I don't think that we've seen like a huge transformation of what we were kind of hoping for out of him in this Arizona offense. Over the last month, he's been the wide receiver 31 per game on wide receiver 36 usage. So I'm kind of sticking right into that range. He's he's limited, but he's got the advantage of more two tight end sets makes it easier for Rondell Moore to um, earn a target and he's out there for every single snap. Okay, let's have some fun here. People can check out the rest of the rankings in the link down to below or on YouTube. Um, new names, or excuse me, faces in new places. So you don't have Kadarius Tony until what? Like wide receiver 55? 
How how much run do you think Kadarius Tony is getting this weekend for the Kansas City Chiefs? Now that he's not even on the injury report. Um, by the way, we have breaking news. Uh, Rashad Bateman's going to miss the rest of the season with foot surgery right now. Yeah. So tough, tough. That's back to back seasons, promising prospect. But that's that's back to back, basically wasted seasons with the the foot injury and then uh, the hernia from the previous year. And I think that he hurts. needed some development. You yes. know, just like he needed to get stronger, figure out what he's going to do uncontested catch uh, situations he's got plenty of speed but i was hoping a little bit more of a like alpha presence so and we saw some of that against miami but even in that miami game you know it's like six targets seven targets like i was hoping for some eight nine ten target performances yeah it's almost we didn't see the jump from last year when he would get three targets on the first drive then go invisible for the rest yeah um i don't know Damn, that sucks. And like this offseason, they're going to have to add wide receivers. Yep. So it's just really tough news for for Rashad Bateman, like dynasty circles, because they have no choice uh, but to add probably some legit, legit yep. talent. Maybe maybe the Ravens go add Odell. You know, I'm yep. not sure. I'm not expecting Odell to be like completely healthy uh, anytime soon, but they need somebody like Devin Duvernay. We like him, but we like him as like a he can be the number two in the Ravens offense because they use their tight ends and they run the ball so much. But he's not a number one option. Uh, OK, don't get away from this question. Over under three and a half touches for Kadarius Tony this weekend. Um, that's a p- appropriate line. I will I will take the higher on on that. I think I think okay. it'll be like one carry, three targets. Okay, higher or lower for Chase Claypool in his debut for the Chicago Bears yeah. of let's say four and a half touches against the Miami Dolphins. I haven't even added him to the rankings yet. I think that's probably that's you're you're good at these lines. I think that's also appropriate. I'll, I'll take maybe I am the right under. I'll Maybe I am the risk team, you know, I bet they get him involved. There's been some chatter, maybe some from this channel of like, yeah. that's an overpay, you know, and on those patterns, so that's crossing routes or manufactured touches, which he does. I'll take the higher on a four and a half for Chase Claypool. That doesn't mean put him in your lineups per se, but uh, they might want to show off their shiny new toy. And I think that the chiefs are less likely to do that with Kadarius Tony outside of one or two or three touches mm-hmm. in this game. Anyone else here on the board that you want to talk about at wide receiver before we move on to quarterbacks? Packers still waiting on Christian Watson and Al Mazard. It sounds like Al Mazard's going to play, but that that will severely impact Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dobbs, those type of players. Can I uh, throw out a bold prediction? Just hit me. I bet Elijah Moore plays 25 snaps this weekend. Okay. That's good <laughs> if you're in a 28-person uh, league. You know, you know uh, I didn't mean in that in terms of production. Like, that wasn't to say to put him in there. Uh, but... They've just got no one right now, you know. They're, 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 they're bells. like they're going to get screwed. They're talking up Denzel Mims all of a sudden. So oh, I mean, yeah, uh, the end of block early on in that game. Yeah, um, huge whiff. It's time for the quarterbacks. All right, let's jump to quarterbacks here. My predicted S tier for you: Josh Allen against the New York Jets, Jalen Hurts on Thursday night against Houston Texans, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. And then I, I dabbled with Kyler Murray and S or A, and I left him in the top tier. Thoughts? Yeah, I think I think that's uh, pretty appropriate. Those are like the teams projected for the most points. There's a, definitely like a huge kind of cliff what we got going on with like the elite teams, and I guess you can kind of put the Cardinals kind of squeeze them in there um, versus everybody else kind of middling. So let me ask you this, okay? If you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback eight, yeah, and they're up there in the elite territory with one of the top six scoring projected teams this week. Is that because it's Austin Eckler scoring touchdowns and you don't think it's yeah. necessarily Justin Herbert scoring the touchdown? 
it's Austin Eckler and Herbert doesn't run as much as like Kyler and uh, Lamar, who are very similar in like expected points for the entire team. So I went slightly over them. I think like after Herbert, there might be a little bit of a cliff. I think Aaron Rodgers is a pretty interesting ranking this week because they're expected to score so many points and yeah. he's done absolutely nothing. Um, he seems more optimistic now than he has previously just based off of his uh, appearances on other shows. But I, I think like he would be like a quarterback, low end quarterback one, but like, this is why you drafted. We, we, we were telling people to draft quarterbacks earlier this year is because they're all right here. If you don't yeah. got these ones, you're, you're giving up five points a week and that's very, very challenging to um, make up. Yeah. I would say the biggest difference again, between Lamar and, and Kyler up in this grouping is because they give you some level of a rushing floor, you know, yeah. um, Tua top of the A tier. Um, just the way that they are dominating the intermediate game. We talked about it in the instant reaction show and every show. Uh, maybe we'll bring up some dolphins here on Friday. Um, just the space that they create over the middle of the field by concern of deep passes and then off play action. And he's just living in that territory. It's uh it's beautiful. And they play Chicago Bears, who guess what? Just lost one of the best linebackers in the league in Roquan Smith. So that intermediate area could be even more damaging to them. Uh, shout out next gen stats. I posted this over 10 air yards and over the middle passes. And then literally two hours later, here comes their exact same version of this. So next gen. <laughs> well, they had stats. a fancy Get little graphic. I'm just saying. I know, I know. They don't like <laughs> they don't like just the nerd stuff. Um okay, I, I guess people might be forced to p- have players like uh, Justin Fields in there yep. or Kirk Cousins. Anything you want to say about this grouping at the end of A or down to the B tier? If I'm moving Justin Fields in a direction, it would be up over Ooh. some of these other players. They're projected for over 20 points for that. I believe I would guess the first time this year. There are some weeks where they were flirting with like only like 15 points in implied team total, according to the betting markets. And I think that that total is rightfully going up. The There's playing better. Um, so... Maybe you can slide him in over Derek Carr, um, yeah. Geno Smith, those types. Now, on paper, I mean, the Las Vegas Raiders have the second worst passing defense according to DVOA, right? Yep. But it's just little, not even layups. It's like, you know, mid-range jumpers that the Jacksonville Jaguars have to do over and over and over again because they have no verticality, hence why you take the gamble on Calvin Ridley in 2023. So, like a huge ceiling game from Trevor Lawrence is not there unless he's getting like quarterback power inside the red zone, inside the 10 yard line. Like he has at points this year, but it's one of those matchups that I would love to stream that quarterback. And it's getting me a bit tentative, not because of Trevor's play per se, but because of a lack of explosive players on that team outside of Travis Etienne. And the offensive structures kind of changed a little bit right now. They're 11th in neutral pace and 24th in neutral pass rate. And he's not running all that much it's kind of hard to get excited for trevor lawrence uh in this state right now uh, i definitely have him like a tier below like justin fields i would start Mar- marcus mariota over him i think there might be a kind of a, a, a drop after like marcus mariota justin fields anything beyond that i think in a one quarterback league you you're in a very tough spot final note and it's why you have them in b tier uh, the Miami Dolphins, despite everything they've invested in, maybe Bradley Chubb makes a huge difference for them. They have the fourth worst passing defense. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kirk Cousins with the Washington Commanders. Obviously, they just cut William Jackson, who they paid a bunch of money to and was playing some snaps for them. Uh, they're the fifth worst. So, yeah. Interesting names there. Interesting names. All right. Tight ends quickly. Sure. Go ahead. Very quickly. Um, 
Zach Ertz, great, great matchup. Um, he has some on-off splits with DeAndre Hopkins, but you have to start him. Kyle Pitts and moved up to tight end four. Argue with me later. Um, Gerald Everett, just because we were trying to f- figure out who's going to be scoring touchdowns, uh, I moved him up to tight end five. And then you get to this next tier. Tyler Higby's been struggling of late, had a brutal drop, but the Bucks are giving up a lot of points to fantasy tight ends. And uh, Devin White's been playing very bad at linebacker. Then you get to Taysom Hill. Darren Waller hasn't been nearly as good, questionable right now. And then you get into the tight end two streamers. Um, not a great week, but more importantly, we have the sicko charts. It's only like eight teams. Comment. Let's say Mark Andrews doesn't play. Go back up to tight ends. Where are you putting in Isaiah Likely? Um, or let me. He had 10.8 expected half PPR points last week. Um, and that wasn't, the that wasn't as, a, as the full-time starter mm-hmm. at tight end. You know, that was in right half here. in that role. Like Taysom Hill, Darren Waller, Evan Ingram, I think that's the right tier. This I'm is assuming Darren Waller's not at full. Okay. But by like Tyler Higby. Yep, I'm putting him as, as tight end eight. I think we're in the right ballpark. Okay. Uh, last comment, back to quarterbacks real quick. Andy Dalton's been slinging it, you know? And he's been slinging it when... There's no pressure. Uh, they're facing right. the Baltimore Ravens, who just, I believe, got back into practice two pass rushers. Uh, one of them, the rookie coming out of Michigan. I don't know if they're going to be playing, but that's one to take note of once we get to uh, Monday Night Football because I've loved, actually, how Andy Dalton's been playing with getting the ball out quickly uh, when not under duress. And the Ravens are like an up-and-down defense to me all season long. Super yeah, up they have been. I would love to see David Ajabo make like a huge difference though for the for the Ravens. That would be sick. It'd be great. When he's healthy, he's he's absolute stud. They need something to step up, you know, without Rashad Bateman. Like it either has to be a running back doing it, the defense doing it, something other than Lamar and Mark Andrews, who's just a dynamite combination. TJ Hawkinson, I'm assuming he's not playing full snaps this week. That's why he's much lower in rankings, new kind of scheme and everything. I'm not sure if a tight end, we always say tight ends, the hardest position. You have to learn how to play uh, offensive tackle and run routes. And like, yeah, so I'm expecting it to be a little bit challenging for him this week. These were just the early rankings. Be sure to tune in on Sunday morning, right ahead of kickoff, because that's their start sit show. Uh, We have voicemails that we take from all of you. That is in the link in the description down below, just 30 seconds. Uh, You can leave it on your phone if you want to. And, Friday show, we go in-depth with 10 to 15 of, quote-unquote, our guys ahead of Week 9, our favorite plays with our favorite matchups of the weekend. So go and check that out. I hate to ruin this um, outro, but we have Michael Thomas out for the year as well. It kind of felt like it was heading that direction. Could we see Jarvis Landry out for the rest of the year, too? You know? What happened to his toe, man? That's crazy. Yeah. It, 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 Yeah. No comment. Chris Olave, rest of season inside the top 16, 18 fantasy wide receivers. I don't, I would have to like sit there and really go, but he's, he's an upside wide receiver too. And Alvin Kamara, if you drafted Alvin Kamara, I think that you were extremely lucky this year. Shout out to you guys that did it, but this could not have been better for AK 47. Can we Dogs outline this- how this happened? Because go ahead. If Jameis was still the starting quarterback of this team, Alvin Kamara would not be having this type of season. Oh, yeah. And the reason why Andy Dalton is uh, remains a starter in Wolf throughout is because they're getting it to their number one playmaker, not just being more aggressive in Chris Olave down the field, but checking it down so much and getting the ball to Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I have I have the perfect chart for you just to to show this off. Look at these. This is Andy Dalton over here. Look at this is all within 
like three yards. Those are not two uh, wide receivers, you know, like this is all Alvin yeah. Kamara. It's like it's totally noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. Good run out though. I mean, what a weird summer it was. Cause there were plenty of times in best ball where you could get Alvin Kamara at the third round then the second round beginning of the and fourth. Sometimes. It didn't look great early on, but obviously the touchdown regression has, has hit and Alvin Kamara looks very spry. Yep. Looks no marking. All right. That's going to do it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I am talking to you, Jazz, ITI, Mr. TD, Alex, Yanni. Tune in to Scheme tomorrow. Awesome breakdown of the crushing, the juggernaut Philadelphia Eagles offense with my best pal, no offense, Hayden, Josh McCown. And then we'll have our own show on Friday evening as well. Up the Vela. We will talk to you all soon. See ya.